This is sermon number 34 from Luke. It's a lot of sermons, isn't it? 34. Yeah, I know, we're only in chapter 6. Um, this was going to be the final sermon from chapter 6. And this morning, the sermon was going like this. And then all of a sudden, it split into two. <laughs> Uh, there was a, I was like, okay, there's too much. I got to split this in half. And so I chopped it in half. Um, yeah, that was brewing for a little while. I thought for sure I'd put this together, but it split up. I'm going to start like I have been reading this Sermon on the Plain. Luke's version of this sermon. Today as I read, I would like you to consider... As you're listening to it, things that you ought to do, responses you ought to have, implications on a change in your behavior or attitude, no matter how deep that might be, what implications is just listening to these words of Christ, listen for those things where you might need to do something different. Many of these things I know are challenging, quite challenging. If you've been here for the last several weeks, you already know this. There's been some passages that have just been like, ooh, that's difficult. As we're going through, maybe jot some down or underline them in your Bible. We're going to be in Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 20. I'll have them up here on the slides, but if you want to have your Bibles open, if you want to, you know, click and, or not click. Boy, I'm getting confused now. Write, <laughs> underline. As you're going through. As soon as I'm done reading this, I'll pray. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you, oh, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? 
For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck? That is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye. When you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly. to Take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and now for that final section i'm not going to get through the whole thing but just this next verse do you have some implications in mind some things that maybe christ is listening to this you go it sounds like he's calling there's a call to action here there's some things i should probably be doing jesus is jesus is not teaching things that are just ideas they're they're action connections you have some in mind Do you have some underlined, jotted down? Do you have some that you tried to ignore and swat away as I was reading? (laughs) Do you have any of those that like, yeah, it said it, and Jesus said it, and it almost felt like Jesus was saying it, and you're sitting there, and you're like, I could underline that one, and a little thought in your head, and I don't want to underline that one, because I know that then I'd have to acknowledge that I underlined it, and he's probably going to say something about that later. Well, too bad, because you acknowledge it in your head, it was there. I want you to symbolically reach over to the side right now and grab your seatbelt and pull it over and buckle it in. Come on, guys. You can do it. Just, just reach over. Come on. Come on. Okay. You ready for this? Jesus ends this pointed Why 
do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? I almost don't need to preach it, do I? Why would you call me in that, that double emphatic, Lord, Lord? It gives the idea that somebody's like calling out to somebody, Lord, Lord. Why, why do you call me that and not do what I tell you? I think we need to pray before we go any further. Heavenly Father, God in heaven, as we read these words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I ask that you would let them do their work in our hearts. I pray that your spirit would, would wield them the way they ought to be handled and deliver them to us the way they ought to be delivered. In Christ's name I ask this. Amen. <clears throat> Those final verses. Um, Matthew, you guys know the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. There's a lot of similarities between Matthew and Luke in these sermons. We call the one of Matthew the Sermon on the Mount, and we call this one the Sermon on the Plain. Um, one of the key differences, and I'm going to tell you, I did not catch this until I caught it this week in one of my commentaries. So I pointed this out. You ever have one of those truths that you hear and you go, and then once you hear it, you're like, how did I miss this this whole time? Um, one of the key differences between Matthew, the way Matthew took these teachings of Jesus and relayed them, the way Luke took these teachings and relayed them, Matthew relayed them in such a way where it's kind of, there's, there's a lot of that's looking out, looking for false teachers and false prophets out there. Some of it feels very directed, but a lot of it is kind of geared out. You're going to hear that in just a second. Luke's is very much aimed this way at the disciple, the follower. Okay, so think about how Luke relayed this question. Listen to the way Matthew relayed the same teaching, the way uh, Matthew relays it. He says it this way, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. You see it. Not everyone who says to me. Do you see the difference? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Now, obviously, you're still going to get some of that impact, but listen to Matthew's teaching of this. Uh, uh, as he relays it from Christ. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And he puts a, even a bigger spin on this, this ultimate reality of Jesus as Lord. Why, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But who? The one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Do you still see the same thing? What good is it if you just say it and you're not doing it? Just to say he's Lord but not do, what does that mean? What does that do? Nothing. Matthews goes on to say on that day, which I've often said to many people over the years, this is to me, I always say this is one of the, the scariest verses in the Bible. On that day, many, because of that word many, many, there's actually going to be many people, okay? So this, Jesus is telling us something that's going to happen in the future. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not? And then they're going to list off these religious things that they've done. Prophesy in your name. Cast out demons in your name. Do mighty works in your name. Didn't we do those things? And then I will declare to them, this is going to happen. And you sense the surprise, the unexpectedness. And Jesus says, I will declare, there's going to be people, literal people that he will look at and they'll say, they're, they're like, pearly gates, here I come. And they're going to get up there. And he's going to say, depart from me, 
I never knew you. Regardless of anything else you hear today, that is one thing you do not want to ever happen. You don't want that. It, it plants an idea in my head that, that makes me realize that this hypocritical faith he was talking about a minute ago in, in the fruit and the, 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 remember the thorns and the what, what do you produce? And the fact that Luke was kind of directing it in, you, you start to get the idea that there's, there's a reality here about us as people. The way the human being works, you can think something is true and it's not about yourself. Now, we see this sometimes with little children. I'm going to be honest, you see a lot with teenagers who think that they're amazing basketball players. <laughs> and they will be in the NBA. And you watch them play the first time, you go, no, they will not. <laughs> you see this all the time on American Idol when people think that they can sing. Not only do they believe it, their grandma believes it. <laughs> and their little fan club that came with them. I just don't get it. They're so awesome. And they sing, and the first note, you're like, ho! <laughs> That's a real, but some will say, my spiritual state is fine between me and God, and they're going to find out it wasn't. These are not people that deep down inside they knew, I knew it all along, I just knew. No, these are, People can go. I think I'm fine. This hypocritical faith can be such an act that you start to believe it yourself. Right? And so this question drives at opening up the human heart and getting down to what's reality. Can you just call someone Lord just by saying it? Does that make it true that you actually are acknowledging? Is Jesus really your Lord? Some will say, well, what, what, I mean, what, what was the point? That, you know, that's the, that's the point of this question is obvious. What good does it do to say this and then not do? Well, one might say, well, I learned as a kid, Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? That's King, my King James slipped into that one as I was saying it. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wanted to go to heaven when I died, and so I called upon the name of the Lord. I want to tell you right now, this is absolutely true. There's no, about a, no doubt about it. I'm not, this does not disagree with this verse at all. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's true. But if you think in your head that Romans 10, 13 is simply calling for a verbal acknowledgement, that's baloney. I mean, let's be honest. Every parent knows exactly what this is talking about. If you want your kids to go apologize, there's not one shred of you that just wants them to say the words and not mean it. You want them to mean it. You want them to go and say, I'm sorry, and mean it. And, or if they're apologizing to you, you want them to say, I'm sorry, and mean it. I mean, you're not. No, who wants that? Who wants just the words? You don't. Do you want that? Anybody in the room want that? Anybody in the room want their spouse to just say, I love you, but not love you at all? Anybody, anybody, no, nobody wants that. 
why would we think that then when God goes to this, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, that he's, out, that he's talking about just the words? That's ridiculous when you just stop and ponder it for just a moment. As you read through the New Testament, you start to understand that it is very true that God is not calling us to a simple verbal acknowledgement of him as God. I'll come back to that in just a minute. There's another New Testament writer, Jesus' earthly brother, who didn't believe in him until he saw his brother get out of the grave and said, he is the Lord. James's letter echoes much of the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. When you read James's letter, there's a lot of those same ideas that come through. In James chapter 1, verse 22, you may have heard this one before. James talks about this, but different, different perspective, but he says the same thing. He says, but be doers of the word, James 1, 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. And there it is. Why? Okay, I'm going to say, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. And then I'm going to say, why? And then you're going to say the last two words, okay? Ready? But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Why? Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, this is like a guy who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. This happens on Sundays for many of us, doesn't it? You hear the word and this, this pierces. Something's going on. You're like, man, I, you start to get guilty. I'm gu- oh, I need to change or there's something or I'm not. Your knowledge, somewhere in your head, you start to see that it's like a, when you get out of the shower and the, it's all fogged up, and, right? And you, you start to see in the mirror who, what you actually look like. This happens to me in the morning. I get up and I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to face the world. And I go and my hair is like this and this somehow. I don't know how it happens like this. And I'm like, I'm like oh, my goodness. Or like sometimes I've even like gone and wet my hair down and thought, oh, that's probably good. And then I go and look in the mirror before I leave and that cowlick has popped itself back up. <laughs> Look like uh, you know something from the '80s going on on this side of my head, but fine over here. It's you know. This happens to every single one of us when we see a picture of ourselves. You ever seen a picture? You ever think to yourself, you have this. You think what you look like, and then you're going through some photos and you see yourself, and you like don't recognize yourself. Like who's that dude? Oh my goodness, it's me. (laughs) This happens a lot when people think they can dance. Oh, Sam, buddy. So glad you're back for a visit. Man, he's going footloose. Right? Footloose right there. And I bet in his mind he was like, I'm busting the moves. And he knows what's coming next. You see those pictures, you go, I am, but I, I can dance. And then somebody puts a picture like this up. Oh, I'm sorry, Sam. Uh, I'm taking you out to lunch. I'm going to leave that up for one more second before I click off of it. Oh, you made Donnie snort. <laughs> okay, I won't leave that up anymore. But the, the, there, there's a glimpse. There's a glimpse. 
This is, that's what James is talking about. You look into the perfect law of liberty. It's like looking into a mirror. That's what James said. It's like looking at a mirror. And you see what you are. You see who you are. James went on to say, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Next week we're going to talk about what that blessed in his doing actually looks like. Take note of that mirror concept. This is really, honestly, what I'm talking about right now is just reality. It's something that we all know and understand, but somehow we've taken ideas from Scripture and, and painted them to mean something different. Jesus, in his last main address to his disciples, John records much of it. In John chapter 14, you read through the whole thing. I want to show you a couple phrases out of it. Jesus says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, that's the one who actually loves me. And again, this is it's obvious stuff. We live in a world today where people think they can, and I'm, I'm not trying to poke fun, I'm not, trying to, I'm not bringing this up just to, to bring up something that's current and try to make a point, because I think we're guilty of this in different ways, but we live in a world today where I, I'm, I'm a dean at Danville High School, and there are kids that can say that, that, that they're, that's, a, that's a boy, and they can go, I'm a girl. I'm telling you, that doesn't make it true. And as much as we want to pick, there's people today that have been for hundreds, thousands of years now that have said, Jesus is my Lord. Lord. The, the one who I reverence and respect. He's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I trust in him. And then they pray, Lord, I trust in you. And, and Lord, we... And then the first time Jesus comes along and says, okay, you trust me, I need you to, this is what you should do. And you go, I, uh, okay. I mean, I trust you with everything. You do? And the crazy thing is, people have gotten to the point where they actually think in their head, they go, oh, yeah, I really do, I really do believe in Jesus. Well, are you doing what he says? I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Whoever keeps my commandments, Jesus says, whoever doesn't, right? Listen to this one. And if the one who doesn't love me does not keep my word. I mean, this is as plain as day. John writes a letter to the church. We call it first, second, and third John. There's three little letters. In first John, he hits this again and again and again and again and again. What does this look like over and over and over again? I'll share with you one. First John chapter 2. John writes, by this we know, see, because there's this, this reality of potential self-deception. So how do I, well, then how do I know? You ever wondered that? How do I know if my faith is real? How do I know if I know God? There's actually a verse in the Bible that says that literally. To my knowledge, this is the only place in the Bible that says this is how you can know and uses the word know. By this we know that we have come to know him. How do you know if you know God? And what, what does it say? If we what? Keep his commandments. This, this is confusing to some because they go, well, wait a minute, I thought you were saved by faith. Yes. But what's faith? What's that mean? 
And if you have any thought in your head that you think that faith is just saying it, that's ridiculous when you think about it. He goes on to say, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And you cannot get more direct than that, can you? Let's go back to Luke and the tension of that question. Why do you get to the end of this sermon? All these things, right? And hopefully you're not like Thomas Jefferson with a razor blade cutting out, right? I'll keep this one. I really like this one. Jesus says this, but this one here, no way. I'm not doing that one. I'll do this one here. And I'm gonna... He cut out different things, but some of us are the same way. I'll obey on the things that I want to obey on, but the ones I don't really want to obey on, I'm not going to obey. Is that really even obedience? You're doing what you want. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? This reverent love of the one we would call Lord is not fake, it's real. Understanding this truth came crashing in on me in February of 1992. For those that have been here for a while, you've heard me talk about it. For those that haven't, here it is. I can remember the first, I mean, I, I, I knew lots of Bible verses. I was always the slowest at the sword drills, but I, I knew where it was. I just, I took me a longer time. Understanding this truth came crashing in on me when I picked up my Bible and I read it for the first time. I don't recommend just going, Psh, read. And I didn't quite do that, but it was pretty close to that. Where I thought, I should just, I, I just really read it. Really read it. And I picked up my Bible and I read James chapter 2, verse 14. James writes, what good is it? Notice it's the same thing being said a different way. What good is it if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? I'm sure I heard this in my life, but it never registered. Never sunk in. Can that faith sink? Can I just say I have faith? And what if I, but what if I say it and mean it? Right? Does that make it true? Go to a, I don't think they call them insane asylums anymore, do they? Hmm. They definitely, if they don't call them that, they definitely don't call them a nut house. <laughs> Mental health facility. I'm sure you could find somebody in a mental health facility. Back in the day, the one that would go on is the one who thought he was Napoleon. Right? Going to the, the hand, right? Now, if somebody said, I, no, I am. No, you're not. Now, what if you hooked them up to a lie detector? And they, I mean, they, they believed it. It's true. Does that make them that just because it... No. Saying it wholeheartedly does not make... What's the difference? The difference comes in how you behave. This is what happens with fruit and trees. Does saying it make it true? Does feeling it make it true? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, from the depths of your being, it's like you're watching one of those uh, commercials with the puppies in the shelter. Oh, man, it breaks your heart. You're like, I wish they had an owner. If you looked at the TV screen and went, be fed, puppy. Did that do anything? I hate to break it to you. That 
Smurfs have been around for a while. That puppy might be dead by now. <laughs> Break all your hearts. I mean, does it do anything to say it? Did that do a single thing? If you're not for sure, try it with somebody that's in need. Walk up to them and from the depth with passion. Practice looking to me. Get Shakespearean on it. Be you thou thus warmed and filled. And then go, how do you feel? I, I guarantee they're not going to go, I suddenly feel like I have a turkey dinner in my stomach. <laughs> That's not going to happen. What is the importance of this? It goes back to the idea of deception, self-deception. And I love how James captures the, the simple logic of this. And I know I've said this for many that have been here for a while. I, you cannot show someone your faith. You can't go, hey, somebody says, hey, do you have faith? Yeah, I got faith. And you can't go, you know, here, see? You can't do that. You can't show faith. That's why it says, when someone will say, you have faith and I have work, show me your faith apart from your work. You can't do that. That's an, that's an impossibility. Faith is invisible. So how do you know what you believe? By what you do. What do you do? What you believe is what you end up doing. And this is why this question is so, so very important. Why do you call me Lord if you do not do what I say? And I think, even with this small crowd, there's a potential of maybe four different types of people in this room hearing these things. The first type in this room, you may be sitting here, and the reality is what you need, pure and simple, is salvation. You need, your, your need is to have that first time experience of calling upon the name of the Lord. You need Jesus. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry, phone. Okay, Google. Let me restate that. You, you're... <laughs> You're not going to find your salvation from Google. Now we know. That couldn't be better, could it? That's just. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'll explain it more. It, it, that actually works out pretty good in my. Yeah. The, the reality is some, sometimes the, I, I'm not going to be one that says you don't need <laughs> she ditched your phone i'm not gonna be someone that says i mean there, there's some great benefit in that that moment and it does happen in a moment salvation people go from death to life that's a reality but what you find as a christian you find that it's like a that call that cry upon the name of the lord that calling out what you find is that's just the first do that you ever do. 
when faith goes and you believe it, you cry out, and you, that's, that's, that's what that is. It's displayed. That's your first step belief is to call out on the name of the Lord. And sometimes it happens like, like you believe in the call, right? You believe God. It, it, sometimes it's, it's so hard to do call, right? It's just real close. <laughs> when it, what happened? And that's why some people get confused. What happened first? It just pours out. Sometimes it didn't happen verbally. Some of you know this. When you got saved, you, there, there was that moment. You were sitting there, and you, you knew these things, and suddenly you just started calling out. And you maybe you did it for 20 minutes straight. Lord, please save me. Please save me. It didn't, you didn't really have to do it for 20 minutes. But that was just a pouring out of this, this recognition. You suddenly recognize, I'm a sinner. I need him. He's my only hope. Save me. And you cried out to Jesus. And some of you in this room, that might be a possibility. I don't know, because guess what? I also cannot see faith. I can't look out. I mean, there's no little, like, icons bobbing above your head. Save, not save, save, not save. It doesn't do that. I don't know. And because of what we've been learning through this chapter, there's such a thing as a hypocrite that can deceive everybody else and can deceive themselves, and they are hard to spot. But some of you, right in this moment, sometimes, sometimes, right in the moment, when you're sitting here and you hear these words of Christ, you're looking into that perfect law of liberty, and you're like, I need him, I need to get saved. And you know it in this moment, you're going, you're not doing what the phone did and say, I need more explanation. You know it in your heart, you go, I know, I need Jesus. We don't have to have a, the, call, the altar call for that to happen. Many, many times people, they're sitting in their seat and they're like crying out. But I tell you what, man, I love the altar calls for that purpose, though, because it gives you a chance to. Sometimes we need that on the outside, don't we? We need to do that first step of obedience, especially when it's difficult. So some of us, that's what we need. Some, this is what you need. Some of us need a swift kick in the pants with the passages like this. And then I had to add to the end, and maybe, maybe salvation, maybe it's actually you're the, in the first group. There's many of us that have had lots of experiences, lots of calling outs. You gotta, you just gotta get going. This is not figuring out what to do big picture. Let's do the little picture stuff that Christ calls you to do. I jotted down some some easy ones to get started with. If you're a new believer, or maybe you've been a new believer for the last 20 years, which is a sad reality, but there are many that operate that way. Start obeying Christ to demonstrate your faith, if not for everybody else, for yourself, that you know it's real. Go to church. You're all here, so that's, I'm preaching to the choir. Go to church regularly. If you need, now, if any of these things you hear mean you go, I don't know if that's Jesus. I think that's Matt saying that. I will take you to the scripture and show this is not me. I, I did not jot down anything that was me, okay? But to save condensed time, just share a few. Go to church. Be faithful. Well, I always love that when you see many times when people first come to faith, it's like they, 
they're going to Sunday, and then like, and that, you got people, they go into more churches than just one. Like, you guys don't have a, well, I'm going to go to this one then, and I'm going to, and they're, they're listening to preachers on the radio, and they're like, if they can't find it, let's find a podcast, and like, I need more Jesus, I need, fill my head with it, I just want more and more and more, and suddenly everything else becomes distasteful, and it's like, why are they doing that? Are they doing that to earn their salvation? No, it's because they believe something. Jesus is the answer, and I want to hear everything he's got to say about how I live this life, so I get through it. I love that, especially with those that have spent a lot of time wrecking their life, and they finally come to Christ, and they go, they're like, all in. All in, Lord. Be faithful. Okay, this next one, I'm going to tell you right now, if you need the scriptures, I'll point them out to you. Okay? But I always love this next one because this, this, is, this, one, this one has become, and if you don't believe me, just live in the world and you'll t- ask anybody else. They'll, they'll figure it out. Stop cussing. Now, you go, but, okay, I can take you to the scripture. If you, if you go, I don't know if that's in the Bible. I will take you to the Bible. Let no vain or profane speech come out of your mouth, but such as is good for the purpose of edifying. Okay, that's the scripture. But I'm going to tell you what right now. The first thing, in fact, that's always the cue that people figure out I'm a Christian in every job I've ever had. Because I don't talk the way they do. And they start figuring it out. They get, I've had people go, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah, how'd you know? Well, you never cuss. I mean, honestly, I've never heard you say anything bad. I've never heard you say a bad word. I usually at that point go, well, I've wanted to. <laughs> well, why didn't I? Because Jesus said, don't do that, and so I'm doing my best. Sometimes those habits are hard to break, but I'm telling you, if you love Jesus and you believe him and you believe his word, that's, gonna be, that's an easy one to work on right off the bat. You can start working on that this week. And every time you do, just you round somebody. I don't care who you round, and you drop the whatever word. Just go, I am so sorry that that, don't say it. If you were here last week, don't say I didn't mean to say that. Say, I'm so sorry. I'm the kind of person that has that in my heart. Because we just learned last week, every word that proceeds out of your mouth, where did that come from? Your heart. That's you, my friend. You just opened your mouth and you came out. And if you want to know, am I faking it? Am I, am I a hypocrite to such a degree that I'm confusing everybody else? Just wait till you get bumped by a situation, difficult situation, a challenging situation. What comes out, that's you. Don't forget it. Take a hard look in the mirror, the perfect law of liberty, and go, oh, my word, I'm disgusting. I'm ugly. Jesus, save me. Stop getting drunk. Anybody in this building is getting drunk? Stop it. Don't do it. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. For some of you, in order to not do that, you can't even look at the stuff. Because some of you go, if I even look at it, if I touch one drop, I'm going to drink all of the ones that they have. Okay, if that's it, don't touch it. That's a great way, by the way, to also demonstrate your faith. I've never seen a, pers- a drunken idiot that people go, I bet that's what Jesus was like. Start reading your Bible. It's the word of God. He's preserved it. I tell you what, it's amazing. When you start studying how this came to be here in printed fashion, 
is miraculous to say the least. All these authors over thousands of years, and some of you, it just sits and collects dust. And you go, but I don't understand. I don't, I don't okay, this is not great, great advice, but I'm telling you right now, I don't care if you understand it or not. Pick it up, read it, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it, and then all of a sudden one day you're going to read something and you're going to go, And God is going to speak to you through his word, his living word. He's like, and you're going to go, God just spoke to me through his word. And it wasn't this, you know, the heavens didn't open, but it's going to feel like that. Because this is the word of God. And he's chosen to reveal himself through a book. And so get to reading his book. Start praying. And not just because you want stuff, but because God says to do it. Start loving your neighbor. Start loving your enemy. Be giving. Lend willingly, not expecting to get back these things in this chapter. Be kind. Stop losing your temper. Anybody in this room, you got a bad temper and you lose your temper. Stop it. I'm, I'm kind of a bad counselor, by the way. That's usually my counsel. I counsel people with two words. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, we, if you want to dig down to why you're doing this, talk to Charity or Paul. They're, they're, if you come to me, I'm like, stop it. You, who's your Lord? Is he everywhere at all times? Does he see every single thing that you do? Is he really the Lord of your life? Your sovereign king of the universe that is ruling over you, that you've pledged your loyalty to? Well, then cut it out. He doesn't want you to do that. As you listen to these things, you may realize it's not a swift kick in the pants that you need, but maybe it's actually salvation Maybe you are doing, and maybe if you really think about it, the doing that you're doing isn't actually, I mean, there's some great people that do a lot of good things, but is the doing that you're doing stemming from faith or stemming from something else? When I was a child, I had these strict disciplinary. That instilled within my heart the fear. And so I was a pretty good kid. (laughs) If I thought I was going to get caught. Oh, there's things I've done. I'm going to be in trouble today. But you know what I I realized? I started realizing that, and and this is one of those turning points I read that James passage. For, For myself, this is one of those turning points. I started realizing... What do I do when I know nobody's watching? What do I do when I know I can get away with it? That's me. That's where my heart really is. I'm not this show that I put on for outsiders. That's me. The perfect law of liberty is like a mirror. And I didn't, once that happened, I didn't want to forget what manner of person I was. That's what James said. Don't, you, you, the person who hears and does, like the person who looks into the law of liberty and, and sees what manner of person they are, and then, and then 
They don't forget. Some people look and they see it, but then as soon as they get away from it, they forget. That is a scary, scary place to be. Those are the ones that are going to be standing on that last day. And they're going to say, didn't we do, didn't we do, didn't we do, didn't we do? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never, I never knew you. This you that you try to keep hidden never came and never called, never cried out to the Lord. Some do the righteous deeds for the praise. For the acknowledgement, for the recognition. Some like me just did it to stay out of trouble. Now, there's a third group, and then I'm almost done. This will take, this will go, these last two will go quick. Some just need a reminder. You've been doing, 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 and there, there's been things, and God's brought them to your attention, and you're working at it, and you're new things, and you're repenting, you're walking this life of repentance, and you're going along, and you just need the reminder again and again and again, and that's okay to, to keep at it for 20 years. Is that as long as you need to keep at it? You know, some people had to keep at it for a day. The thief on the cross cried out. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He, he was a, he's able to see faith. He saw it. That was genuine faith when he finally cried out to the Lord. He knew that's the one day. He had one day. Some have 20 years. Some have 30 years. Some have longer. How long does this walk of obedience need to last to demonstrate its genuine Jesus tells us, Matthew 24, the one who endures to win, the end. If not the end, then your end. Your end might happen today. You may not make it home, I don't know. But the one who endures to the end, keeps at it to the end, and revelation be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Once again, some read those things and they go, and it starts to feel a little bit like works of it. No, no, no. If you understand what it just means to believe in something, if you just get that, all of these make sense. Of course you would endure. If you actually believed it, you'll, you, you'll, you could stand and somebody could say, I'm going to kill you, if you don't, if, unless you deny Christ right now. And you're like, well, I really don't want to be killed, but I don't have... I can't. And some of us, I think, all of us, if you don't fit into the, one of the first two categories, we're right here. We just need a reminder again. You, you, you're never going to get to the point where you've, like, you've gone, I've obeyed enough. I've done enough. I'm, I'm through obeying. I can, I'm going to coast it out. There's some teachers that do that in the teaching system. I got one year left. I'm just going to ride this out. <laughs> They're the ones that, you know, the kids start acting up like, oh, I don't care. Let them hit each other in the face. <laughs> but we need that reminder. Keep at it. If you're none of those groups, uh, you're wrong. You do need this. You desperately do. If you're sitting here today going, I don't need to be reminded to do. I'm totally fine. I'm good. 
Maybe you need it more than you realize. I'm going to close now with a word of prayer. I want to encourage you, especially if you're in one of those first two groups. If you're sitting here today and you're going, I, that's what I need. I, that's what I need. I mean, I've had some experiences where I've cried out, I've done this, I've done that. I've had those, those moments, but I, I have never really, really just submitted my will to God. Lord, whatever you call me to do, I do. Not my will, yours be done. Whatever it is, daily. There's nothing, Lord, that I, I'm going to hold back from you anymore. And the reality is that's what you need. You need that first moment. Get on your knees before God and say, Lord, save me. I'm ready to give my life to you. And if you've never gotten to that place, I want to tell you, don't wait another second. You don't have to wait till I get done talking, right? You're in your head right now, Lord, okay, that's it. I'm doing it. If, if, in fact, you know what it ends up looking like? For those that are in that spot, you may be sitting there right now going, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm really, I'm maybe I, I've, I've looked great on the outside for years, but today's it. I know... You, you know what you're doing? You're sitting there right now going, I'm waiting for Matt to say next. Like, is he going to make us come up there? Or is he going to have us sit down? Is he going to, whatever. I don't care. But the person that means it, they go, I don't care. Whatever he says, I'm going to do it. Because Jesus isn't here, but I, I hope Matt's going to tell me what Jesus says right now. And they're like, I'll do it. That's, man, that's faith in action. You're ready. If you're there, you're ready. I, you know, I wasn't going to do this today. But I want to take just a moment. Somebody like, all the musicians over there look, giving each other glances. Should I play the piano? Did I? Did I? They're all, look, oh, look, I got two of them thinking about standing up. Oh, oh, they both got up. Oh, we're going to double piano it. Oh, no, we got a guitar too. Okay. Um, I don't do, some of you old, you got to pick out something. Some of you guys have been in church for a long time. You remember the invitations at the end of the service. Okay. I hardly ever do anything like that. This one's going to feel a little bit different. I'm not going to sit up here. I'm not going to say bow your heads and close your eyes and, and raise your hand if you think that. I'm not going to do any of that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say the music's going to play. I'm going to sit right there. We're going to pr- play through a couple verses. When you guys are done playing, just be done playing. When you guys stop playing, I'm going to get up and I'm going to close this in prayer. But if you're sitting there and you're like, I need to get on my knees before God. See these front pews? Or the front chairs. You can come up here and get down on this. You can get up here on these. these if you go, Matt, I, I just want, would you pray for me? Because I, I, I want it, but would you pray for me? I, I'm going to be right here. You can come over to me and say, Matt, would you pray for me? I, I, I don't know whether or not I need salvation or if I'm just needed to kick in the, the pants. I don't know what it is, but I know that right now I want Jesus. I, know, I don't know about any of this stuff before, but right now I do. And, and I, I'm willing, Lord's pressing on my heart to say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And if that's you, you can come up and say, Matt, would you pray for me? I'll pray for you, right? But am I the way to salvation? <laughs> I'm just the dude, right? It's Christ. You can get up here. Uh, I'll say one more thing before I shut my mouth. I can remember one of the times, and I don't think this was the, my moment of salvation, but the old Edgewood building over on uh, uh, Fowler, I had a key to it, and I used to go over there at night, which was really dangerous, by the way. But I would, I would go in there when I get off work from McLean, and there was times that I would just go into that sanctuary, and nobody would be there, and I was just Lord. And I can remember one time in particular, I just went up to that front pew, those old ugly green pews we had in that church. And I just, and it was, man, it was like, 
I felt like I had my head on that pew, but it felt like Jesus was sitting there and I just had my head on his lap, his hand on the back of my head. And I was like, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do with my life. You name it. I'll do it. And that's why I always love the front row. You come up here and you pop down. You come up here and you pop down and say, Lord, I'm yours. All right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to let them play for a little bit. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that you be with those in this room that your spirit, invisible, is pressing on their heart to acknowledge you as Lord. And they're ready to follow you. Lord, I pray that if that is the case with any in this room today, I pray that they'd be willing to just, just do that right now. Lord, I pray that you'd be with those that... They, they're yours already, but they've been slacking, dragging their feet in their obedience, and they needed a swift kick in the pants, and maybe a little bit of the fear of, man, maybe, am I even really, if I'm not doing what he calls me to do, Lord, let them be willing to come up and renew before you. You're my Lord. I've said it. I've meant it. I mean it again. Help me to follow you and help me to be obedient in whatever you call me to do. Lord, if there are those here today that just needed a reminder, Lord, they can come forward too and get on their knees before you and say, Lord, I needed a reminder. I was ready to quit. I was ready to to throw the towel in. But I can't stop because you're my Lord and my Savior. I pray this now in Christ's name. Father, I look 
close our time together. Lord, I would ask again, Lord, that you would speak through your word to us throughout the week. Lord, I ask that those that have seen themselves clearly in this perfect law of liberty, that they would not walk out and forget, but instead would be doers of the word and not simply hearers of the word. Lord, I would ask that there not be one soul in this room that's a hearer but not a doer. Lord, I ask that you would do whatever is necessary and whatever it takes to work in each heart to bring each of us to that point of true, true godly repentance before you. I pray these things now. In the name of Jesus, the one who came to this earth, lived obediently to the point of death, even death on a cross, suffered that death on our behalf, took the penalty of our sin upon himself, even though he did not deserve it, and has offered us righteousness through his resurrection. Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you for that. And it's in his name we pray these things for us. Amen.